You've got your performance review coming up. You know, thing you have twice a year, once a year, and your boss is from the UK or the States or maybe another country around the world, but the language that you talk in is English. And you've got it on your mind, you're thinking, well, I want to make sure that I express what I want to say clearly so that they understand how I feel about my job, where I want to go with my career, and maybe you might want to bring up the topic of your salary or your conditions. How do you do that in English? So I'm going to go through and give you some structures to express how you're feeling right now about your performance, what you've been able to achieve, desires, concerns, questions that you might want to ask your boss, and also how to bring up potentially a discussion about pay, salary and conditions. That is what is going to be on the agenda today then. How to manage performance reviews in English. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Confident Business English with me, Anna. The practical and to-the-point podcast designed for international professionals who want to build their confidence communicating in English. If you find the podcast really beneficial and you enjoy listening to the episodes, then I think you're going to love my weekly newsletter, Communicate Confidently. I send the newsletter every Friday and it's a summary of the key takeaways from the episode, as well as bonus tips and other actionable things that you can implement. And the best thing is, it's absolutely free. All you've got to do to sign up to this free newsletter is go to the link in the description box of this episode, follow the link and sign up. Right, performance reviews. They're just one of those moments where they don't come around often and you probably spend a lot of time thinking about them. What is it that you want to say? What is it that you want to get across? Because maybe, like I said, you only have this meeting with your boss once or twice a year. So there's quite a lot of pressure to make sure you focus and you say what you want to say and you express yourself accurately so your boss can understand where you're at. This episode was actually suggested by a listener. Thank you so much, Maite. I thought it was a great suggestion and hopefully will be really useful to you as well. What are the key things that you need to keep in mind from an English perspective? Well, firstly, prep is everything. It's not rocket science, but it's particularly important for these types of important interactions that you have. Maybe it's this performance review that you have once or twice a year, or it's that quarterly presentation that you have in front of your management committee. Prep is everything. And actually, it's funny because this week I was I had a meeting with a client who had an important meeting and they kind of said, you know, I wish I'd done a little bit more prep or slightly different prep. So what I would say is really take your time to think about, of course, you would anyway, regardless of whether it was in your native language or not, but you need to apply a little bit more thinking, essentially, when you're doing it in English to really make sure that what you're saying is clear and that you get across what you want to say. Of course, it goes without saying every performance review is different. So I'm going to focus on a generic performance review type of conversations and some universal things that you might cover. But of course, there might be some differentiation between the performance review that you actually have and what I'm going to talk about today. But I'll go through some main structures and vocabulary. The last thing to keep in mind is 
I'm always coming at this from an English perspective. I'm not here to tell you how to do a performance review. That's not my area of expertise. But what I can help you with is, well, if you use this vocabulary and these phrases, it might help you communicate better what it is that you want to say. And as we go through this, you'll see there are some common structures with certain tenses that we use to express this because we're talking about how we're feeling, what we've achieved so far. So there's some common structures that we use when we have this type of conversation, which I'll go through with you now. I'm going to break this down. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to imagine that typical question that your boss asks you when you start this performance review, where it's, how are things going for you? How do you feel your performance has been? That type of question, right, normally sparks the conversation. Let's crack on with the first one then, which is expressing how you feel right now. And normally we'd use one of these typical phrases along the lines of, I feel that, I believe that, I have the impression that. We might even add on a little bit like a, from my perspective, in my opinion, as far as I'm concerned, I I'm, I'm feel I'm doing really well. And then after that, we can say different things. I think I'm doing well. That's a really common thing to say. I'm on track. I have the impression I'm going in the right direction. So you can see here we're using present tenses, present simple, a lot of present continuous as well. I'm going in the right direction. I'm doing well. I'm really enjoying the role at the moment. Or perhaps maybe it's not always, you know, sunshine and roses. Maybe it's I'm doing okay, but I feel that maybe there's something I need to work on. I feel I'm not working as well as I could. Or perhaps on the whole, because maybe you want to give an overview about your performance on the whole or overall. I feel I'm doing well, but I'm finding it hard to meet my objectives. Or even I've been finding it hard to meet my objectives. So see here how we're using specific tenses. We're using present continuous. We also might even use that present perfect continuous to express how we've been feeling over the past few months since the last time you met to have that performance review. I've been finding it really hard to meet the objectives or maybe I've been finding it really hard to move this project forward. I'm going to put all of these sentences in the newsletter as per usual and you can copy paste and think about how you could use them in your next performance review. The next part then is after you've given an overall view of how you've been feeling about your performance, you might go into a bit more detail about what you've actually been able to achieve since the last time you met with your boss or, or, or recently. Now, maybe you have a boss that you see all the time, right? So it's kind of a bit weird to go over all the individual achievements. And I guess this comes back to the fact that every performance review is different, right? I mean, maybe you work really, really closely with your boss. So you kind of know exactly, they know exactly what you've done and you know exactly what they, you know, it's, it's, you don't really need to go over it in detail. Or maybe actually you have a boss that's maybe based in Poland, you're based in Madrid, you're based in Paris, and your boss is based in Norway. And maybe you don't have as much of a close working relationship. It's more kind of from a distance in which case you might go into a bit more detail about what you've been able to achieve. The key thing there is what you have been able to achieve. So again, this, when we're talking about this, we're eliciting a certain tense. 
the present perfect. And I'd, I'd actually like to go over some specific vocabulary as well around objectives, targets, goals, and milestones. Because I don't know about you, but so many people ask me about these. Maybe you've had some doubts about these nouns in the past. Like, what is the verb that I use? Is it get? Is it reach? Is it achieve? I'm going to give you what I feel is the best option for each. And I'm actually going to give you a different verb for each of them because I think maybe that will help you distinguish them. So let's let's start with objectives. Over the past few months, I've met my objectives. I've met my objectives. I would say to meet your objectives is a really nice verb noun collocation. If you're a salesperson and you work with targets, you might say something along the lines of, well, over the past three months or since the last time we spoke, I've been able to hit all my targets. Or perhaps it could be, I really feel that I've achieved all the goals that I set out to achieve at the start of the year or since the last time we spoke. So I really like achieve with goals. I really like that co-location. Meet objectives, hit targets, achieve goals. Can I say get my goals? Well, you can, and I would understand you perfectly, but I, I think there's something lacking with using get. It's like there's not that connotation of this has been hard work or a challenge, which you get with the verb achieve. You may want to say that you've reached all the milestones that you had planned out for that quarter or that year or whatever. I've met my objectives, I've hit my targets, I've achieved my goals, I've reached all my milestones that we agreed or that we set out. Set out just means establish. And then, of course, equally, you could say it in the negative, right? I haven't met my objectives, I haven't hit all my targets, I haven't achieved all the goals that I wanted to. So, of course, you could have it in the negative and the, and, and the affirmative as well. I'd also like to stress as well structure, which I've mentioned before, which not enough people use. Really, you need to use this structure. It's a beautiful structure, which is to manage to do something. It's essentially like achieve, but achieve is only followed by a noun. So a lot of people, what they'll say is, I achieved to finish the project. I understand you, like there's no question about that, but it, it's, it sounds weird. We don't use achieve with a verb phrase afterwards. What we would say instead is, I managed to complete the project and I'm really proud because it was a really difficult piece of work. So I'm really glad that we managed to do that. I would say that's one of the things I hardly ever hear people use naturally when they speak, but something that I would use all the time. So definitely, if you don't use that already, I'm going to put it in the newsletter. See if you can think of some sentences where you might be able to use that in context. Because I just, I love that one. I think it's really, really useful and helps you express that without making that achieved, I achieved to do something mistake. After you've talked about specific things, objectives, target goals, you might want to express your desires about things you want to work on in terms of your professional development. Some sentences I might use to do this would be things like, I would like to work on, work on just means improve, you know, equally you could say I would like to improve. Another two that I would suggest here and I think I've mentioned these before in the podcast at some point, I'm eager to. I'm eager to learn a little bit more about the finance department 
or I'm eager to take on more responsibility. I'm eager to do something. It's it's like I want to, but it's just got a little bit more enthusiasm behind it. You know, you're really you're really enthusiastic about doing something. Almost in a way like impatiently you know you're like I'm really eager to take on some more responsibility so if there's anything else that you want to delegate to me I would be really happy to take that on notice here how I've used take on twice there as in to take something on in terms of work is to assume responsibility of something another structure I could use here is I'm keen to I'm really keen to explore potentially working in a different office branch would it be possible to talk about that I'm keen to work more on my technical skills or it might be I'm really keen to improve my soft skills what training is available for me to do that or what would you advise or what would you recommend what's the difference with keen to and eager to well I'm keen to do something, I want to do something, I have a real interest in doing it. But as I said before, I'm eager to, it's like you're kind of waiting for it, you know, you're really anxious to to do something, you're enthusiastic. If you want to talk about things that are not going very well, because let's be honest, this always happens, I would highly encourage you to use the verb concern rather than worry. It's just a little swap that you can make, which just sounds a little bit more appropriate in a business context. I'm concerned that I'm not able to progress this project as much as I would like or I'm concerned about the team. I'm concerned about the performance of somebody else in the team. Small swap from worry to concern sounds really great in a business context. You might even want to ask some questions to your boss. Typical things might be, well, how do you think I'm doing? How has my performance been? How do you feel I can improve? What would you say I need to focus on? And then finally, how to bring up a potential discussion about conditions or pay. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you the question to spark the conversation because this can be quite a an awkward conversation or an awkward thing to bring up it depends again on your boss how well you get on with them the politics behind it whatever so here are some questions that I might ask to bring up that discussion not have it but just to bring it up I think the main thing I would do is I wouldn't sort of say can we talk about me having a pay rise like I don't think I would be as blunt as that I'd probably say something along the lines of Would you mind if we discussed my pay and conditions? Or I might not even mention the word pay. In fact, I might even swap it out and I might say something like, I wonder if it would be possible to discuss my remuneration. Remuneration is just a fancy word to say pay or salary, basically, is what I'm saying. But, you know, it's just not saying pay rise. Would you mind if we discuss my conditions? So I'm going to use that classic one that I've already talked about on the episode, which is that would you mind, but I'm using it in a second conditional way here. That would be the way that I would probably bring up that question in a very neutral way. And then that gives them the option to say, yeah, sure, let, let, let's talk about it. Or maybe they prefer to have a discussion about that at a later stage 
or whatever. But that question helps you at least bring up the topic. And if you practice that question in English so you feel comfortable, okay, I know it's the right question. You're already going to be nervous perhaps in that performance review. You might even be nervous to bring that topic up. So at least if you know, okay, I know this question is right. I know it sounds okay in English. That kind of takes the pressure off. You might just make you a, a little bit less nervous. And that's what we want to aim for. Because let's be honest, in a lot of business interactions, like I was talking to a client today, you're going to be nervous. They walked into a meeting and they thought it was going to be in Spanish and it was in English. And they were like, oh, you know, panic mode, instant. The more nervous you are, the more it's going to affect the way that you speak. I mean, you must have noticed that, right? When you're more nervous, you make more mistakes, you go blank more. And it's normal because when you panic, your brain goes into that sort of, I'm scared, fight or flight. You know, it doesn't work. The things don't flow the same as when you're more relaxed and calm. So we always want to try and do things to help us feel less nervous. And if practicing a phrase is just going to take that edge off a little bit, then I would definitely do it. All right, that brings us to the end of the episode today. I really hope you enjoyed that. I, I did. I don't think I've talked about that on the podcast before. So I hope that gives you at least, at least some little sentence starters or a little bit of an idea about how you can manage that interaction. I'm going to put all of those examples I've talked about today as per usual in the newsletter with some extra examples as well. If you want to get that newsletter, you need to go to the link in the description box of this episode, click the link there and sign up and you will get the newsletter from this episode onwards. But you need to do it if you want to get the one for this episode, you need to do it before 10 a.m. on the Friday after the episode is released, in which case that will be 10 a.m. on Friday, the 3rd of November. Thank you so much, as always, for taking 18 minutes out of your very, very busy day. It's been wonderful to talk to you and look forward to continuing next week. Thanks so much. Bye.